welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that takes you behind the audition room doors and shares with you the very best listener audition nightmares, disasters and tales from the week that we get emailed in. It's a right laugh and we always share our stories with a loving arm around your shoulder to remind you it's okay when these things go wrong. Maybe you're from the performance world, maybe you're just a fan of entertainment, but we strive to share with you those moments that you don't normally get to hear. And like I said, remind everyone, it's all right for things to go wrong. It doesn't matter. Own it. Move on. And let's all remember when we could actually do auditions in person. That's, I think, (laughs) the main point of our show. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Wolford. I am your host. I've worked in the world of entertainment for about 15 years now on and off stage. And each week, a guest and myself go through the listener email submissions and tell you the very best ones that that we come across. This week, my guest is the burlesque and cabaret Aussie icon, Miss Kiki DeVille. Now, Kiki and I met while we were both judges on All Together Now on the BBC. She has headlined cabaret festivals all over the world. She's got an incredible voice. She's got a really wonderful laugh. And you might even recognise her from the world of The Voice. Back when she was on Team Will, that's right, Mr Will I Am himself, back I think when it was about series three. We have a really wonderful story about loads of auditions that we've been sent in, like I said, also a few of hers. But we actually this week start with a chat a bit more about how we've both coped during lockdown and we really, really hope you enjoy it. As we say, if this is your first time listening to the show, make sure you tag us on social media as you listen along. We love to hear your instant reactions to the stories and there is an absolute mammoth one in today's episode one of the longest stories that I have been sent in with so much context in it, and I cannot believe it. It's terrible, but also brilliant. And it includes a cameo from someone who I genuinely didn't expect to read the name when I read it. It caught me off guard and it made me howl. All will be revealed later in the show. Like I said, make sure you tag us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Don't Call Us Pod. We love to see you listen to it. So take a screenshot, share it with your friends. But we start each episode with the same question. And it tells us exactly how they feel when they walk into the audition room. And that's what do auditions mean to them? Enjoy this episode with Kiki DeVille. Well... I can't talk about auditioning without telling you um, my main audition story. (laughs) So I am, uh, uh, you know, I'm getting to be a bit of an old lady these days, um, wonderfully middle-aged and middle-class. And uh, I spilled actual champagne on my dog the other day. Um, (laughs) That's that's such a you thing. Yeah. I Googled how to clean a hot tub and then I just gave up and got the cleaner to do it. (laughs) Um, so when I was 19, anyone that knows me knows, uh, I've got a, quite a big voice. Um, and I've always done sort of, you know, um, the kind of more soul belty, Aretha Franklin kind of stuff. And when I was 19, I, uh, moved, I grew up in a, a small town in Australia and, uh, that no one will ever have heard of. And when I was 19, I moved to the big city. And I wanted to be a session singer. That was always what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a session singer. I wanted to be a songwriter. And I wanted to be famous at that point. You know, I wanted to be rich and famous because I was 19 and that's what you think you're going to do. 
So um, I thought, well, you know, that's that's fine. But I want to be a session singer because session singers were the best of the best. You know, that was like you, you had to be really, really good. Um, and thankfully, very fortunately, I ended up um, getting onto a session and I became a session singer um, at the age of 19. Uh, but also I needed to gig. And uh, so a friend of mine had been in a Soul Commitments tribute band. So this shows my age here. This is like, it was like a billion years ago, you know. Um, in fact, Chris, you probably wouldn't even remember. In fact, I'm, I'm not even sure you were born when that movie came out. But um, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think you, yeah, you will have been like very, very young, I would have thought. Anyway, so... Uh, friend of mine had you know said oh they're, they're looking for uh, someone to do the kind of aretha parts in this uh, soul commitments tribute band tribute bands back in the day in adelaide were really big and i was like okay cool so you know i get get an audition with this guy and he comes to my house and i was 19 you know i was i was young and skinny hadn't really you know kind of found my way or my look or anything yet but you know i i i, I was yeah, I could sing and I, you know, I, I had a certain amount of charisma. I was pretty shy. I know that seems bonkers now, but actually I you was shy. shy. I was, yeah, I was painfully <laughs> shy until I discovered I could sing. I, I, I grew up in foster care. I went to 14 primary schools. 14. So wow. yeah, by the time I hit high school, um, I had zero communication skills. I was painfully shy, very, very awkward. Um, and when I was 14, um, I was singing in church and music teacher heard me and said, you know, you really should sing. And um, it wasn't sort of until about a year later, I auditioned for my first band and realized that actually maybe I had something, you know, and it was kind of my ticket out of there, which was, was amazing. Um, and now it's taken me around the world, which has, has been phenomenal. But anyway, so this guy comes to my house and I do the audition and, uh, and we finish and he says, you're a really great singer. Um, you've got an incredible voice, but we need to keep the lineup attractive. Oh. And oh, come you know, on. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm pretty comfortable in my skin these days. I certainly blossomed as I got older. Um, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't um, glamorous or whatever, but I certainly wasn't what I would have said was unattractive. I never ever thought of myself as ugly. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was a huge blow to my confidence. And, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that for the next 20 years, I struggled with auditions. I would have panic attacks. I would sweat, pant, be completely unable to control my voice um, because I just, I felt completely and utterly judged to a point where I didn't think my voice even came into it mm. um and then as you know as as the years went on i i auditioned for less and less things because i was so uncomfortable uh, at the idea of it and you know when you're 19 and somebody says that to you it, it really does it really gets into your psyche and um the the time that it changed started to change for me uh, about 12 years ago, I moved from mainstream music into the cabaret and burlesque world. And that world really opened up my confidence. And by the time I turned 40, um, that was the year that I auditioned for The Voice. And there was something about the culmination of having been in the burlesque and cabaret world for a couple of years 
turning 40, where you really don't give a crap about anything anymore um, or what anybody thinks anymore, all these things kind of collided. And it meant that when I walked into that audition, I walked in with the attitude of I'm successfully doing what I'm doing right now. This would be great. And it's lovely to come here and do this. But if they don't like me, it's not the be all and end all because I have this wonderful niche over here in Burlesque, especially uh, where people are responding to me and and I feel at home, you know. Yeah. So it didn't feel like everything rested on it, which I think made a, a big difference. Um, and funnily enough, I auditioned and, and uh, one of the executive producers was in my audition and uh, she said that was one of the most confident auditions I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, well, funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I, I was telling somebody this story yesterday, actually, because I was thinking about talking to you today and what, what I could uh, bring to the table. And, um, and he had some expletives to say about that person. But, um, <laughs> but the reality is, you know, I, um, I've performed on some of the most incredible variety stages in the world, Winter Garden in Berlin, uh, you know, Ron Kelly's Apollo in Dusseldorf. Like I've performed City Varieties in Leeds, you know, I've performed oh, on some of these incredible place. stages. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah. And yet this guy is still uh, working in cover bands in Adelaide. So, you know, who's attractive now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you can hear the audible mic drop there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, so, so auditions really did have a, a, a they le it, you know, it left a really, really bad taste in my mouth. And for a really long time, I really, really struggled. Um, and I think, it, you know, now the one thing that I say to people all the time is be prepared. Be as prepared as you possibly can. And then that's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Go in. Know that you've done everything that you can yeah. to be as everything as you are mm -hmm. and then it's just singing for some people it's like a little mini gig that's yeah. how that's i mean i don't audition for anything like shows or anything anymore yeah. that's not in my path but whenever i audition for something mm. that's how i look at it now i just mm. like well i'm just gonna go and give them a little little kind of two song show or whatever and yeah, i can enjoy and that and if i'm singing things that i know it's a yeah. new material or something for a recording or you know that's different but yeah as long as you know everything that you need to do and you do it as well as you possibly can, yeah. you're all right. I have a, I, I always say uh, I have an online singing school. I've been teaching for about 12 years and I always say to my students, authenticity over perfection. You know, mm. when you're authentic, that shines through. Something about that shines through. And, you know, the, the, the other thing that I always say is you can have two people and one of them can be the best person you've ever, ever heard and really hard to work with. And the other one can be almost as good, but just so easy to work with that that person will always get work no matter what. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and I, I want to be that person. You know, I want to be that person that everybody wants to work with. So that's the, that's the way I approach auditions. I go in and, and, and everybody there has value and I make sure that everybody feels like that when I've left the room whether it's the cameraman or the sound guy or whatever everybody there means I can do what I do and you know there's there's so much value and power in having your tech behind you you know your tech crew yeah I always love when I'm on tour in Germany my tech crew for the band that I work with in Germany I pick up my um my in-ear monitor and it's always got gaff tape with a little love heart on there. <laughs> and I always think, yeah, I'm doing my job all right. They've got your back. 
You do yes. you on stage and then they're going to make you yep. sound even better. 100%. By putting on a CD. And the- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Letting me sit down. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's just projections. That's all it is. You're not actually performing mm. ever. No, no. <laughs> These days I wouldn't even know what to do anymore. How have you been, how have you been keeping, if you've been keeping busy? Because mm. obviously that I know, so I, I know Kiki, we were both judges and all together now for a couple of years. So that's how I I know you, but I know that uh, like you had a lot of plans this year, um, yeah. all over the globe. So obviously yes. a lot of that isn't happening. Well, all of it isn't happening. How have you, if you have, been able to keep yourself not working, but just kind of going through lockdown performance wise? Did it take a while? Did you were you able to well, kind of click into a different thing? Obviously, like we we've said about your yeah. you, you teach singing a lot anyway. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, like I had a great advantage in that I have a pretty full muggle life. Um, you know, I have a family. I live in a, a sort of a village stroke town on the Yorkshire-Lancashire border. Um, I go off on tour um, every, you know, sort of for a couple of months at a time. Uh, and I come home and I slot back into that normal muggle life. And, and I do that all the time. So for me to kind of be home um, was a bit of a novelty for a bit there. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, although I was on tour at the time in Germany. Uh, so that was a bit stressful, um, sort of everything kind of shutting down and me being ferried back to England, yeah. which was, was scary enough in itself because I'm not actually a British citizen. I'm Australian still. So I was like, oh, my God, what am I, you know, uh, what, what am I going to do? But um, so I'd had a couple of tours um that was supposed to happen. And I was also headlining the Australian Burlesque Festival this year, um, which was kind of, which was my, probably my biggest bucket list gig yeah. in Burlesque. And it was the one that I was like, it, it was felt like a bit like a homecoming, you know? Um, so I was really gutted that I couldn't go, but I did do a couple of online shows for them. I've done a couple of online shows. Um, and you know those gigs where you basically are just um, performing to dead air. Um, that's kind of what oh, it's like. Oh, I've had and many of those. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had enough of those in real life. So I've had a few you know, gigs as a solo artist where I outnumber the audience. Yeah, so that's really- yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I I did a couple of those. It's very difficult because part of what I do is comedy. So you know, it's difficult to tell jokes um, to yourself on a screen on Zoom. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, I kind of dipped my toe in there. I had um, teaching and I had my online singing school, but my my one love really has always been songwriting. Um, I had left it on the back burner because I was so busy performing. Um, and I've actually, for the first time, had time to to get back into it and do it. So I've got a single coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, it's a charity single, something um, that I wrote for my little boy, Dexter, who passed away. Um, I found uh, the most wonderful songwriting partner. Um, who is a, a published songwriter in himself. Um, and we've just really connected and, and created this really great songwriting relationship. And and that has been a really big thing for me. And I think for all of us, innovating has to have been at the heart of what we were doing just to get through, you know, just to kind of feel like I was still creating was really important to me and to be able to go back to 
what I've always really wanted to do um, has been really nice for me. Mm. Um, I have to admit, I came down to London to see a friend's solo show a couple of weeks ago, just very briefly. I was just there for the evening and I wandered through Soho and it was the first time because I'm locked away up in, in Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I got really emotional. Yeah. I walked past the theatres and, and, and that actually... I, I I shed a couple of tears as I walked past that. That felt that hurt, you know. And yeah, it's it, it hurt it, for me for you people like you that I know, you know that that's that's your world, you know. It's really it's it's really strange, and, and we, you know, there's there's listeners all over the world, and and especially our listeners over in New York, where Broadway is just mm. is just non-existent yeah. already until a, a certain specific yeah. date at the very earliest. Mm. It's very weird here, and especially in London because we've kind of had that carrot dangled on a stick now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was the worst thing that could have happened. I yeah, was totally. I was lucky enough to go to the Palladium test run with Beverly Knight mm-hmm. that Andrew Lloyd Webber put on. First of all, love Bev. What a, mm-hmm. what a voice. Love it. Oh, Any incredible. excuse to go and watch Beverly Knight, I am absolutely there. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. I went on my own, masked up in the, in the auditorium for close to four hours. No problem at all. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But my overlying emotion from it was, ah, this proves how it can't happen. Mm. This proves this is not how our industry and our lives and our career and Mm. just work is going to be able to do. Mm. And it was very strange, like you said, walking through Soho. For me, it wasn't even the theatres. It was the restaurants and the bars that I go to before I go to a gig. Yeah. There's a, a very specific non-dairy yogurt place that I uh, <laughs> that I go to because I'm that dick. Uh, <laughs> um, I love how hipster you've become. It's a, it's an it's an intolerance. It's a, it's not a it's <laughs> it's not a one. Trust me. If I would go to Ben and Jerry's, I could. But it's complete. The shop's completely boarded up. Looking at it, it was before he out to help out all those restaurants, mm. like major chain restaurants as well. London doesn't exist. Central London doesn't exist Mm. without the West End, without the beautiful cabaret bars, without the sing-along nightclubs that I host at. And Mm. that hurts. And and it was just a reminder of everything that we've lost to this point. Yeah. I mean, I think for for those of us up north, it was we were a little bit like, oh, God, they're working. And of course, you know, I want my friends to work. That's really important. Yeah. Um, And we were like, oh, you know, nothing's ever going to, nothing happens outside of London sometimes, you know, that's what it feels like. You can feel yeah. like that. Um, but actually, you know, I, I feel really bad for, for everyone that did, you know, put some gigs in the diary and then all of a sudden yeah. you know, it's taken away again. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, somebody said to me years ago, it's worse to have had money and then have, had, have it taken away than never have it. I mean, I'd really like to try that. Yeah, it um, would be nice to know that, wouldn't it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd happy if someone wants to give me some money, I'll give it a do. You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it is it has been hard, but I, you know, I think um, hopefully we can all, you know, support each other in the idea that I don't don't get me wrong. There have been moments and people that I've wanted to go and no Netflix for you and no podcasts for you and you mm-hmm. can't wear clothes and you can't drive a car and anything that involves any kind of artistic design, which is everything, everything. you can't have. You know, there has been that feeling, I think. And I, you know, I just hope and I pray that when we come back, we come back hard. Oh, yeah. And we come back with all of the passion that we've held on to for this last nine months. Mm-hmm. And we just remind each other, excuse me, 
he's what you were missing. Yeah. You know, oh, every and... gig is going to be absolutely mad. Like, it's... oh, God. I, yeah. My last gig, and actually the last time that I have sung, period, was the 14th mm. of March on the mm. Saturday night at Sing Easy. It was, it was not as busy as it could have been because it was, people were starting to go, well, we're not sure, mm. if, not mm. sure if I should go out. And we had, you know, extra sanitizer everywhere and, 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 you know, everything. And we were joking about it. And it was like, because we didn't know what was going to happen, but it was a great night. And I remember even then saying, mm. look, it's about to be really difficult for singers. So the tip jar is open. Um, mm. <laughs> and it was open. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's things like that. And I'm like that if, if we'd had known that was going to be the very last night, which, you know, we, it was a great night, but I think it would have been a, a very different, um, you know, I don't I think. Yeah. I mean, I was in, uh, we did, a, I was on tour, um, you know, a burlesque production that I do in Germany um, with a German rockabilly band that I work with called the Firebirds. Oh. And, and we were on tour and, um, we were in, you know, a small German town. I can't remember which one we were in. And we were, we were waiting to go to Dusseldorf, uh, but we were doing a gig. And Dusseldorf was the epicenter of the disease at the time. So we were all starting to be a bit like, oh, this is feeling a little weird. But we were in this little town and we were like, you know what? We're doing meet and greets. There's four or 500 people every night. We're doing meet and greets after the show, you know, getting photographs, everyone kissing and hugging, which is my least favourite thing in the world anyway. Um, yeah, nothing to do with Corona. <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with Corona. It's um, it's a really um, badly kept secret that I don't like people. Um, <laughs> and, this is um, why we get on. <laughs> I know. I also hate being touched um, by people I don't know. So, um, yeah, so I work in absolutely the right field for this. Um, so we're some at this small town in Germany um, and... Um, we, we're starting to get really aware and there's sanitizer everywhere and we're, we're saying mm, look let's say to people yeah you can have your photo but we'll just ask people not to touch us you know which which seems really quite reasonable now but at the time when i said to some lady when she said can you have i was like oh yeah you know yeah a pizza, yeah yeah you know but please could you not touch me well i mean i might as well have just said <laughs> yes but you know as long as we can photoshop somebody else's face over the top of the phone do you know what i mean like i wasn't i it was just like could you could you not touch me yeah and it wasn't for, for no and i said because of coronavirus and i could hear her 10 minutes later going on to her friends in german that i was just a diva and i'm like listen i am a diva 100 like you know but not in that way yeah you know she was just like, oh, like jesus all right love but now we now we know better but yeah. anyway anyway <laughs> it, you know it is what it is and i can't wait till we come back and anyone that knows me knows i'm a bit of a train wreck so it should be fun because I, i'll have forgotten pretty much everything that i've ever learned i and, can't remember uh, lyrics yeah. at the best of times and my memory has suffered so much during lockdown that yeah. i think i'm yeah. going to be able to just do the first line of every song and then yeah. just i i make a lot of vowel sounds <laughs> you know like a lot of that a lot of vowel sounds um you know and a lot of what i like to call interpretive lyrics um <laughs> at least you could like get away with it as a comedy lyric you know well yeah that's true <laughs> i've got not to keep always... the context <laughs> yeah, well that's true it's not not always appropriate but you know like... <laughs> <laughs> so i've got three for you this week 
Um, if anyone is wondering, all of these stories were sent in by listeners of our show. You can email yours to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. I've anonymized them where I need to, so you won't necessarily know any production names or if there were any specific people involved. We've, we've kept them anonymous so that there's no identification or shame going <laughs> on. Um, but uh, which one to start with? That's a marathon. Let's do that one last. Um, oh, my God, it's four pages long. Uh, can we can we anonymize my stories as well? Of course you can. Of course you can. You 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 can just. T- oh yeah, I don't know what you who you are. That's maybe I'll just put a vocoder <laughs> on yeah, for the that's... whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so this one, um... <laughs> I like this one. Oh dear, I think at some point in our lives, we've all as performers been near a situation like this but I, as a casting director i've never experienced this uh and i wonder how many casting directors out there listening will have uh this this story was sent in and it's titled stage mother when open auditioning some children for a regional panto i was casting i happened to experience the biggest dose of stage mum that i've ever witnessed we brought this girl in to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow and her mum sat at the back of the room grinning with pride at every opportunity. It was really sweet. We knew she was good enough for young Dorothy but it was what happened after that took me by surprise. The girl finished and we thanked her, said our happy goodbyes and directed her and her mum to head out to the waiting room as we were finished with her for the day. She was pretty much the last person. You go darling, the mum said softly. I'll just be one minute. The girl exited and her mother approached the table, getting something from her bag. She came right up into our face at the table and handed us each a laminated CV for her daughter, complete with shopping centre photographer-style photoshoot images. She leant further in and, in a completely different tone, snarled at us and said, Look, if you don't give my daughter this role, I'll never forgive you. She's worked her life to get Dorothy. She was about nine. And this has been a dream for a long time. Don't mess it up for her. Got it? and stormed off, throwing us the shadiest look ever as she closed the door behind us. It took us completely off guard. She didn't get the role, but it was honestly like a Matt Lucas character had transformed in front of our eyes. I've never cast in that area again, but every time I hold open auditions, I imagine she'll show up. (laughs) She never has, but it would be just my luck she'd storm in, give me daggers and said, I've never forgiven you. What is Who it? What does it? that? What is Who it? does that? Why would you? <laughs> Why? How's that going to help? If you care I... about your child getting a part, you'd be really nice to them, not go, I'm going to deck you. All right? One would think, one would think, <laughs> I mean, you know, the mafia school of stage mum that, uh, <laughs> that, that uh, this lady's from is, I mean, that's fantastic, isn't it? I do love... I mean, I, I teach kids, so, you know, I, and I, I've, I've often worked um, with dance schools. So um, I've, I've, you know, worked with a lot of dancers to help them get into theatre school because you, you have to be able to sing uh, to get into dance school even these, these days. Um, and uh, stage mums have always, I've always found quite hilarious, uh, dance mums especially. Mm. Um, I've always found quite hilarious, but um, the level of delusion uh, that there can be is quite quite terrifying really. yeah I think that's it yeah you know and it's just you like you just think if if somebody 
I think in in 12 years, I've only ever had two students where I have actually had those conversations that have gone along the lines of, this is not going to be a thing that's ever going to happen, um, but they enjoy it and that should be paramount. You know, yeah. if they enjoy singing, that's fantastic, um, but let's not think that there's going you know I would I would you know I wouldn't worry with auditioning and you know those sorts of things I've only ever had it twice and thankfully it was only ever two people who didn't really they just loved singing they didn't really want to do anything yeah. but you know people have this kind of you you get parents come in they'll go they're ama she's amazing she's amazing and there's always that kind of niggle at the back of my mind going really Really? Do you know what I mean? Until I, and I actually, it, it bit me on the, it bit me on the butt one time. Um, I had a girl come in and everybody told me she was incredible. And every, to the point where I was so cynical about it that I was like, do you know what? This, and then she came in and, she, and I said, oh, hi, you know, whatever. What, what are you going to sing? Because um, I wanted to hear her and, and, you know, and she said, I'm going to do um, That Man by Cara Emerald. It's not an easy song, you know, like it's, it's actually you know quite tough really bearing in mind she was 11 you know <laughs> so it was like you know well, it's a bit of a tough song for an 11 year old and uh, you know in the back of my mind that being that cynical um you know cynical musician that I am thinking well yeah this is gonna be great all right whatever she absolutely blew me out of the water <laughs> she, <laughs> she ended up of course um, and she came to me for five years and and uh, we got her into lane she oh, there we go. School and she's um, she's on track to uh, go to the New New York Academy of Dramatic Arts. I'm incredibly proud of her. She's a star, an absolute star in the making. Um, and uh, you know, she I learned a very a very valuable lesson that day to uh, to just kind of give everybody the benefit of the doubt that it's going to be good, unless it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, unless they. <laughs> thrust laminated it's a laminate anybody that gives me anything laminated <laughs> i quite like that i quite like that description of oh where was it shopping center shopping photographer center, style photo because photo. yeah. in That's my head brilliant. i'm thinking that she's gone and done one of eoldi photo shoots and she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's in like a victorian outfit or something. i love it and she does character yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. A, one of the yeah. one of the headshots is her as a victorian woman one of her is as a cowboy and the third yeah. is, is like a, a headless horseman and her head's in her arm or something <laughs> Oh, I especially like the idea that like a nine-year-old dresses a madam. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fourth one is a really questionable geisha, and we just ignore that. Yeah, it's fine. We just go no. No, 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 no. Let's have a conversation about cultural appropriation. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I just don't understand how. <laughs> Why? I, I think that's that. We we we've got quite a few casting directors uh, lined up in the future of of the show to come on, and I think that's where it's proving really useful for our listeners is these things happen both sides of the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've worked a lot in family and children's theater and pantomime, and I've told a fair few of mine on, on the show, but there's, there's Panto attracts a certain madness when it comes to casting, I think, because everything <laughs> has to be, just so wacky and so storybook yeah. again for our listeners that aren't based or, or too knowledgeable about pantomime in the uk i know the word means a few different things over there it's just like a cartoon that's come to life that is just wacky i think that's we the actually best. we call it um um family friendly burlesque 
because it essentially yeah. is burlesque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, well, it's, it's variety, it's isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, historically, and you look at pantomime, certainly, you know, Michael Harrison at the Palladium now, is yeah. that's where variety is, is living. Yeah, certainly yeah. while cruise ships are off not off land they're on on yeah. water you know where they're off yeah. off limits at the yeah. moment that's where variety lives mm. as well as the clubs you know that's where you'll see a comedian as well as an aerialist as well as a magician as well as a, you know a, a jazz group in the same night mm. but pantos used to have a variety act they used to have a mm. juggler or a knife yeah, thrower yeah. just appear for no reason in in act two. Ah, oh, i'm in the giant's castle oh look there's motorbikes in a cage you know it's, it's, <laughs> Seems legit. Do you know, I only I only saw my first ever pantomime last year. You did, didn't you? Yeah, it's, I was. It's, it's just not a it's not a thing in Australia um, for a start. And then also when I moved here, I mean, I'm a musician. My busiest yeah. time of the year is Christmas. It's so that, when you I have a day off, why time. would you want to spend it in another theatre? Yeah, you know, it's just like, well, I'm already doing all of that. Um, I mean, I loved it. It was it was great fun. Yeah. It was incredibly camp. Um, but I can imagine it being a nightmare. Not your kind of thing, surely? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm very straight-laced. Um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I was just actually remembering... Um, you know, I was telling you about my voice audition. Um, I, you, you, you're very well prepared for the voice when you do it. Um, you have a lot of rehearsals with the band and a lot of um, dress rehearsals and your know, costuming and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I went down to London to do, uh, to take my costumes down and to also have a run through with the band um, for the song that I had to audition with um, for the blinds and whatever. And um, I, you know, it's all very exciting. So lots of new people, meeting lots of new people, seeing some familiar faces as well. And I walked into, uh, you know, the big audition room and everyone was sat around and, and I went, oh, okay, I'm just going to go and get changed into my dress um, and I'll come back and, you know, we'll, we'll all catch up. It was all really nice. And it was 20 or 30 people and we were all just sort of sat around having a chat. And um, I went and got changed in the disabled toilet. Welcome to showbiz. Yeah. Um, and uh, I came out, had this fantastic vintage dress on, and I said, um, oh, brilliant. Okay, guys, I'm just going to grab a coffee. Just give me a sec. Now, I'm a vintage girl through and uh -oh. through. So, um, you know, from, from head to toe, inside and out. So I take about three steps towards the table where the coffee is. And it was a very, very hot day. So next to the table where the coffee was, there was a fan but what I didn't realise was the fan was pointed in such a way that as I stepped towards the coffee table, it picked up my skirt and blew it entirely over my head. And I was just stood there in stockings and suspenders <laughs> with my skirt over my head, desperately trying to like wrangle out of the skirt and out of the dress and turned around. And honestly, you've never seen like there was like 30 absolute shock faces when I turned around of like what just happened I, I, and that at one point we had to stop filming because my skirt was tucked into my knickers like it was just <laughs> an ongoing <laughs> thing of this is how I audition <laughs> apparently and um yeah you know so I think you know what I bring to the table is what not to do um in an audition because <laughs> I really am a bit of a train wreck <laughs> Did Will I Am ever get the flash accidentally? Then, uh, <laughs> I, 
don't think he did but um <laughs> thank god honestly it was just i was so ridiculous i just couldn't do anything without everything having to stop for a minute <laughs> that's that's the fun. i mean we've spoken about it a few times with a few people on the show reality tv auditions what you see on the on the tv is such a tiny percentage <laughs> Of what yeah. actually goes into the collective audition, yeah, to be on yeah. the show, and the vo- the voice especially is thorough. Um, oh yeah, and it's yeah. Uh, it's it's intimidating even for those of us who are seasoned in even in that kind of world. It's just mm. it's an incredible machine that is just mm. ever moving, and you know from from the runners to the production crew to the vocal coaches to you know the caterers when it comes to studios mm. there's so many moving parts that you you kind of only understand why a budget is so big for a show like that until you get there yeah it's just i think the thing, the thing is as well people don't sort of fail to realize it took me a little while to realize that that television is a very small world as well yeah and you know and if you gather yourself a reputation for being easy to work with, you know, talented but easy to work with and good to be around and, you know, all of those things. You find yourself, I think, in in really good stead with production and, you know, being nice to people like runners who are working so hard, much harder than you are, even though when we were doing 17-hour days on All Together Now, you know, they were doing 20 <laughs> 22 hour days you know oh, yeah, like yeah. that's what it, you know I, I mean obviously I'm exaggerating but we you know we were having these incredibly intense long days and and you'd say you know I would often say to to one of the runners or the producers oh my god you poor thing you must be so tired I'm all you know give them a bit of a cuddle and they'd be like yeah but we don't have to be on camera you know like they were always so gracious and and like yeah but you know you've got to be on all the time and and whatever even though they were absolutely busting their asses working to make sure we were all comfortable and and you know where we needed to be all the time and and you know what we were like like herding cats but whose whose idea was it to put a hundred egos in guess who and put it on telly and the muppet show whose idea uh, was it i I loved it and and we we both had such a fun time on it but it was it was great but madness you know in brazil it's up for like a brazilian emmy at the moment and they've just done a teen version they're in the middle of filming a teen version of it um it's so popular i did the norwegian one as well i went to norway and did the norwegian um version of the show which was really good fun and of course a very very heavily eurovision centric like this is this i would absolutely kill to do that it was brilliant and um one of the guy that was actually who played the Jerry role, uh, Didrik Solitangen, ended up being becoming a really good friend. Um, and he was a Eurovision, Norwegian Eurovision oh. guy. Um, and I became really good friends with a guy called Per Sudnes, who is basically the Graham Norton of Norway. Um, and it was just, you know, and there was like everywhere I looked, I didn't know this, of course, whilst I was doing the show and I was meeting these 99 Norwegians, um, that most of these people were incredibly famous in Norway. And, you know, like, really well known because because Eurovision's so big there it was absolutely it was bonkers and it was such a brilliant time and they were slick you know like we were doing three I think we did three episodes in one day you said it's it's a lot busier and it was a lot more compact yeah
Right. I've got another story that came in, okay. which is one of the most. <laughs> I had to read this a few times to even go, is this real? But it's oh, I verified it and it's real. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this is this actor has since gone on to train and have a mm-hmm. really decent career. But they confided in me in a direct message. And this is hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the poor bugger. Oh, God. He says, before I trained, I saw an open casting in the paper for a movie and was super excited to attend my first big film casting. It was for a comedy adventure that was going to be set in lots of different worlds, including in the desert and outer space and in historical times. A bit of a time travel thing. I was told I'd have to do a bit of improvisation and there'd be lines on the day. Anxiety being what it was and me panicking as I wanted to impress, I didn't know any better. I thought I'd try thinking outside the box and took a prop. I went into the waiting room, full of excitement, lots of other people there, wide-eyed and ready to be in a movie, and waited my turn. My name was called, I grabbed my bag and headed in. Myself and the panel exchanged a swift hello. I did a, a read of the script quickly I'd been handed, and they didn't look too impressed, so asked me to do it again one more time, but make it my own, and put my own spin on it. I thought, oh, now is the time to make my impression. All right, I said, let me just get something. They looked confused. I turned around, pulled out of my sports bag a clean bin lid and put it on like a space helmet, spanned back round and launched straight into my script. It was one of those dome-like bin lids with a sliding lid. I slid it up to talk like I was Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) The panel looked absolutely fuming. (laughs) Oh my God. I finished the script and said, thank you, and left quickly back into the waiting room, beaming smile on my face. Everyone looked at me and couldn't understand why I was now carrying the lid of a bin in my hand alongside my bags. Full of pride, but somewhat embarrassed that I'd stuck with my guns, I darted out the room and genuinely burst out laughing. I knew it was a horrible choice, but I chose it and I owned it. I got a polite email within the hour telling me I hadn't got the role. (laughs) And I've never, in fact, been seen for a film since. Oh, well. Oh, why? What? How How do you even come up with that? Who says, I know what I'll do. Who does that? Oh, That's genius. Where that is absolutely brilliant. Where the hell have you seen it? Where have you seen that and gone, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed and disappointed that I haven't seen it. Like, why oh, does no, God. why has nobody I know done this? Oh. I work with creative people all the time and not one single person has ever brought me a bin lid and gone, yep, Buzz Lightyear. But I could, the thing genius. is, that you, you can see what they meant by that. And yeah. of, it's, of course, <laughs> of course it's Buzz Lightyear. Of course it's of Buzz it Lightyear. I mean. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, well, God. Well, I'm really glad that they went out to train. Um, and no because, better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, change their name, maybe dyed their hair, got a nose job. You know, like change their facial structure so that they weren't recognisable to that casting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! If they ever met, if they ever met that casting team again, I would just. You're the bin guy. Yeah. Imagine being that. Imagine being the bin guy. You're the bin guy. guy. Brilliant. Uh, Sarah Jane Price on on Twitter, uh, a casting director, she was she's Mm. been on the show before. She said yesterday, if if you would get a tattoo of 2020, and it would be a saying or a, a picture, what would it be? And I replied, a bin. 
And I thought yeah, that was the yeah. most. I thought I've that been was on mo- fire. On fire, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the sea. Uh, yeah. I've been on fire <laughs> on a sinking boat that's also on fire. Um, God. Yeah. Hey everyone, Christopher here. Just saying, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, I've got one of those stories, I need to send it in, then do so as soon as you can. You can email it to us. We are at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. That's don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. You can slide into our DMs on social media at don'tcalluspod on Twitter or Instagram, or you can even send a voice note into the show. Just head to anchor.fm forward slash don't call us pod and you can have a little option to send the show a voice note. You might have to do a quick registration, but it's absolutely fine. Anchor, an amazing platform. Please get in touch with us. Send us your stories so we can include them in the next few episodes. We have people lined up recording from the world of casting, from the world of drag, musical theatre, stage, screen, comedy, stand up, everything. So it's going to be something for everyone. Get your stories in as soon as you can and we will include as many as we can in the show. But for now, back to Kiki DeVille. So are there any other auditions from your career that stick out in your mind as being problematic or they they rang true in your head that something didn't quite add up and looking back going, oh, yeah, it was because of that? Do you know, I, it, not so much in that I didn't get stuff, but two times in my career when I have auditioned for quite big things and had like callback to do a couple of quite big things both times I fell down the stairs and broke my toe. <laughs> twice. Before each time. <laughs> twice. Before each one. <laughs> I went on one audition in bedazzled crutches. Oh, I um, like that. Because I just I was mortified that I couldn't wear. In fact, when I was at the hospital, um, and the doctor said, Yeah, your toe's broken, I was like, I've got an audition tomorrow, can I wear heels? He just looked at me and went, What? <laughs> I was like, uh, welcome to show business, mate. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had to wear flat shoes, though. I bedazzled my crutches that night. Um, yeah, twice. So it's gotten to the point now that my friends actually, if I've got anything coming up, they always say break a toe. Oh, I like that. Yeah. because That's nice. Um, yeah. Except that I seem to take it literally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is that. But, yeah. The uh, saying came before it happened. They'd know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm the queen of self-sabotage, apparently. <laughs> you know, oh, I know what I'll do, fall down the stairs. I mean, there may have been alcohol involved one of the times, but, uh, but <laughs> I see. yeah. I see, now it all unravels. Now it all adds up, now it all makes sense. So, yeah, so there's no, you know, it, it's more the uh, the lead up to things where I tend to be uh, fairly golden at that kind <clears> of stuff. So, um, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's good. Are you ready for this marathon one? I am ready for the marathon story. Yes. Okay. So this was sent in uh, from an actor and I'm just going to read it as she's typed it and not edit anything out. And here we go. She says, all right, I'm one of those people who carries embarrassment with me for my entire life. So it's a testament to the podcast that I'm feeling compelled to share some stories with you. It's a huge tale with many parts. In my late teens and early 20s, as a musical theatre actress, I was on tour and got a direct message on Twitter from this random talent agent who'd been at one of the shows. He was raving about my performance and wanted me to audition for a girl band, telling me all this stuff about how they were already deals and recording contracts in place and how much he wanted me to be in the band and how he loved my voice and the way I sang. 
no, first and foremost, there's red flags there, aren't there, Keek? That's, mm, yeah. A hundred percent. DM on Twitter. No, I'm sorry. At least it wasn't a penis. <laughs> Well, um, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll 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 stop. <laughs> yeah, when yes. I say that, I mean people send them to yeah, me. Not stop sending me penises on Twitter. Please. <laughs> now, without giving too much away about me, I'm not necessarily what you'd consider girl band material. And the musical I was in at the time and the style of music it contained was about as far away from cool, edgy girl band as you could get. However... I thought, well, he's seen the show, he's heard that I'm very musical theatre and wants me anyway, so maybe it's a different type of girl band. I'm very much a, if it's not meant to be, it won't be kind of person. And the audition clashed with the show I was in at the time, so there was absolutely no way of me getting out of it. I had to politely decline. However, he rescheduled the auditions around my availability. Not once, but multiple times. As every date he came up with, I was completely unavailable. This went on for months. We finally settled on a date when a huge storm hits the UK, completely flooding my side of the country, destroying the roof of my house and decimating anything in its path. By this point, I just believe it's divine intervention and I'm not meant to do this audition. But again, he reschedules. I'm now a little freaked out by his willingness to reschedule and the fact that all these exchanges were in my DMs as well as the fact that it feels like everything is trying to stop me going to this audition. On top of that, I'm terrified that he'll think I'm difficult and have a bad opinion of me before I even get in the room because it'd been so hard to get me there. So the day comes, and by this point, I really don't want to go. She says, trust your intuition, kids. But then there's this age-old thing of, it's good to be seen. And despite not really caring about being in the band, his repeated goading to get me there made me feel I really should go. So I travel in torrential rain for hours to go to this audition. It may help to mention that despite repeated questioning without trying to look crazy, he had given me very little information about the band or the audition, bar telling me to come and just do what I'd been doing when he saw me in the show and bring some sheet music if I wanted accompaniment. Great, it must be some kind of musical theatre harmony band. So I turn up in this back alley at this old building with no way to get in. There's no one there. I knock, I ring bells and buzzers. I even DM him. I sit there for 10 minutes considering whether to leave when some woman turns up in a car and lets me in without a word, despite me making nervous pleasantries. I head into the waiting room, dressed in Doc Martens, leather jackets and quirky tights, a crop top and shorts, only to find about five scantily clad, stunning girls with eyelashes so long that I felt like I was in a wind tunnel whenever they blinked. They look me up and down, and I awkwardly try and make conversation, but they all turn their back towards me and talk amongst themselves, throwing the odd question towards my way. So how many rounds have you done? I've done seven. Oh, uh, this is my first. What? This is the final call. My stomach sank. This hadn't made me any friends here. I'm such a big fan of them, aren't you? Sorry, who? I said. The band. They're auditioning for a new member. Oh, awesome, I said. He didn't tell me very much, to be honest, so that's interesting. The band I'd only heard of once, known for rapping, dancing and some quite revealing outfits. Take me home now. And finally, the words I always dread to hear. So, what have you prepared for the dance round? <laughs> There's a dance round? If they're trying to psych me out, it's absolutely working. By this point, 
All five girls have erupted into laughter at me as they get split soles out of their bags. I'm ready to leave, to be honest. The band is not my style at all. I have nothing prepared for the dance round and I am most certainly not a dancer. I'm a sells it with characterization kind of mover. <laughs> we know that all too well on this show. We've all been there. Oh dear, speaking to my life. <laughs> right. All cheesy with a grin and jazz hands, trying to make sure they don't actually watch what I'm doing or see that I'm dying inside. However, this is not the setting for that. I can't leave as the exit is through the audition room. So I just sit in hell, waiting and texting my mum, trying to find a way out of there while one by one the girls go in, belt out a modern R&B and pop song with impressive runs and riffs. I am not known for my vocal flexibility or my knowledge of popular music. <laughs> By this point, the other girls are actually actively willing me to drop out of the audition. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Some of them actually seem to feel bad for me. And in my mind, it's clear that never in a million years would I want to be in this girl band anyway. Right, I'm leaving. One of the girls finishes and I get up to try and find someone to tell them that I'm, I'm really not right for this and I have to leave. When suddenly they call my name. I walk into the audition room with my sheet music and there is just a panel of people. No pianist. I feel now is the time to be honest. Now? <laughs> just, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I address the panel and tell them that I don't feel I'm right for the band and don't want to waste their time. They tell me to stay and sing and ask me what song I have. Well, I, I explain I have sheet music from musical theatre songs as that's what had been discussed and they look at me like I'm an alien. <laughs> There's no use for sheet music here. Do you not have a CD? Guess you're singing a cappella then. However, I don't think we have much use for musical theatre songs. Just sing two songs that you know. A fast one and a slow one. Well, how, how creative with their yeah. description there. <laughs> What, what songs would you like? A quick one and a slow one. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah. In that moment, every song I have ever heard drops out of my head, bar two. One Fine Day and Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, both Carol King. I'd recently seen Beautiful and was jokingly playing with how high I could belt parts of One Fine Day in the car ride down. These are my choices, I guess. I'm already resigned to the fact that these couldn't be further from what is required for the girl band, but I figure maybe I can sing nicely and get out of there, hoping that if in future my voice ever fits anything, that they'll remember me. Oh, she's, she's still got that positivity. Oh, oh, why is she still holding on? How? Oh, my God. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I begin. I'm trying to make eye contact with each member of the panel. Good tip. I like that. I yeah, yeah. When suddenly I notice that behind them, there's another room with almost a viewing window onto the audition room. And stood at that viewing window is a life-size cutout of Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> is, she sure, is she sure it wasn't actually Ainsley Harriet? To be it... honest, this sounds like a hidden camera show by this point. So I've right? no idea. It might well have been. Oh, dear. Percy Peeper. Uh, start mm -hmm. <laughs> a life-size cutout of Ainsley Harriet staring right at me into my soul. <laughs> I'm transfixed on Ainsley and almost zoned out from the song when I realise I'm singing it way too high. Oh. I sing a cappella a lot and I'm pretty good at pitching myself. But my last experience of this song was how high can I belt this before I sound like a dying <laughs> oh, goose? No. And clearly my mind and body are set into that mode. So I defaulted to just too high. Oh. So, <laughs> so I'm there 
selling the song to Ainsley because I'm so mortified I can't make <laughs> eye contact with them anymore. Come on, you can do this. Yes, it's high, but you've nailed it up here before and it'll be impressive when you pull it off, I say to myself. Then I realise that there are quite a lot of belty high bits in this song and if I don't go for it in a belt, I'm going to end up doing it as full-on opera singer. So I belt and I belt and I crack and sound like the goose all at the same time. I'm mortified. If, if there was ever a worst case scenario when singing, that was pretty much it. Worse still, I had to do my other song after the embarrassment of that. It sounded fine, but at this point I was drained and I just wanted to go home. I laughed and asked if I could leave, but they said no. Say no? <laughs> so my stomach sank at the prospect of having to do the dance audition too. Oh my God, I forgot. I, oh I forgot about God. it. I said, forgot. Yeah, I forgot about the dance audition. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> my heart just sank for <laughs> the dance audition this i'm living be, every moment of this this could have been an entire episode on its own <laughs> i know right oh, right she's gonna have to do a dance audition back into the waiting room i went a waiting room that fell silent when i walked into it awkward next thing i know all the girls are being ushered into the audition room except me the guy in charge who'd invited me there holds me back and proceeds to sit me down and tell me how I'm definitely not right for the band. I laugh and playfully say, oh, I know, I did warn you. <laughs> yeah. Then he sits for the whole dance call, being really quite rude to me and then telling me how famous his band were going to be. He told me how they were going to support some old one hit wonder band at a small theatre and that I'd spent years of my life and countless perf shows performing at. What I wanted to say is, if that's the planned highlight of your band, then it doesn't sound like a very exciting prospect. But instead, I went with, oh, cool, I've, I've been there. Good luck with it. <laughs> I was polite throughout, but he kind of character assassinated me while I sat there with absolutely no escape. He then, after being horrible to me and bragging about his band, questioned me until he found out I played guitar and wrote songs. This man, who has never heard my songs and has only just found out that I write, says, and I quote... If you ever actually write anything decent, then call me. Oh. <laughs> wow, he seems nice. Oh, my God. I'm burning up, Keek. I can't. Oh, my God. I politely laugh like I've been doing this whole time. <laughs> As I'm one of those, be insanely yeah. nice to everybody, people. <laughs> I've never experienced anything like it. And I really beat myself up about it for a long time. I think the band had a couple of low-key gigs here and there. Ironically, at one point, actually at a gig with me, but lower on the bill. <laughs> Interestingly, out of the girls that were there that day, they never ended up getting another member anyway. It makes me wonder if he was holding out for me all the time. If he was, I'll never understand why. The cherry on the top of all this was that he blocked me on all social media after the audition. So no more DMs. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> what? You, uh, I'm still, I'm still trying to, I'm struggling with how we even got to her being at the back of a theatre with, <laughs> and some cleaning woman letting her in. I just, I, 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 right. By that point, <laughs> let's let's start at the at the most important part of that story. A lot of people listening aren't going to have a clue who Ainsley Harriet is. <laughs> no that yeah that's true well, he, i barely know so he's he's a very famous wonderfully eccentric tv chef just just google him he's hmm. really lovely but 
absolutely not the kind of cardboard cutout that you would expect in any kind no. of audition. No, which is which, which makes it all the better. Oh, um, it, that isn't the most important thing. There's a lot going on there. First of all, what an asshole that guy was. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand how. I mean, bless her. She's obviously oh. like, oh, you know, opportunities and you've got to be seen and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, do you have to be seen that much? You know, uh, like. <laughs> I just, there's so, there's so much wrong with it. I don't think there's anything right about it, apart from that no. you were very, very polite to him. Yes, she was. She said, she sounds great. Yeah, um, you shouldn't yeah, have beat I yourself mean, up that long because no, it, no. none of that was your problem. No, None of that was I mean, you. No, absolutely not. I mean, what a trooper. And so professional, you know, like getting in there. And I just love, I mean, we have all had to audition for something a cappella and totally gone in, you know, an octave further oh, yeah, than yeah, we yeah, should yeah. have done. We've all done it. We've all been there. I don't know a person who hasn't, you know. So, I mean, my heart goes out to her. But the dance thing, you know, having to do the dance round, that's where, I mean, I felt actual nausea. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, we're not doing that. Oh, bless. Oh, dear just me. bless. I just want to give her the biggest cuddle and just say... I know. It's all right. You were good. You it's were good. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's just... Yeah. I kind of wish she had <laughs> done the the dance round in I the Doc Martens now. I kind of wish she had now. done the dance. Yeah, me too. I love that she totally dressed the part as well. Like, I'm doing this and I'm wearing Doc Martens and I'm going to wear a crop top. And it's going to be great. You know, like that's yeah. going to get me in there. I mean, you know, that's I'm sure that's gotten some people into yeah. some girl bands. Don't, don't get me to wrong. The, but... To the person who sent that in, first of all, thank you. Yeah. 100%. Second of all, you said there were more. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. No, please. If, if yeah. they're anything I mean, like that, it's going yeah. to be a whole box set. You, you beautiful, beautiful oh, human God. being who needs to learn how to say no. <laughs> also, please, please tell me who the band were. Please tell me who the band was. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, I will just randomly post a link to something they did on our Twitter. (laughs) And if you know, you know. You know. That's it. Yeah. No, I uh, I think that's a great idea. God. I kind of need to know. (laughs) Goodness me. I think if you, you know, like you, you can tend to sort of think... I'm just going to go along with things like I do yeah. that, you know, I go, well, just go along with this. Cause you know, it's fine. And I'm here and, and whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, I, I don't think I used to be like this, but I'm really British now. And like, <laughs> I've lived here long enough that I know how to queue. So, yeah. you know, and like, not only do I know how to queue, but if someone cuts in front of me, I feel physical violence towards them now. <laughs> um, but I don't Especially do now. anything. I, yeah, well, it's, I don't say anything. I just tuck and then I put it on social media because um, I'm actually British now. Yeah. Um, but, you oh, know, yeah, you never actually mention it. No, you you can't say it, no. Um, but the Australian in me would, you know. Oh, my God, that's what I would do normally if I was still Australian. <laughs> um, but these days I'm, I'm like terribly, terribly polite, you know, and I'll just kind of go along with stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. No worries. No it's worries. what we're taught to do in auditions. Yeah, it's just people like and just yes and and that's it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, actually, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the power in no thank you is is yeah, much no, you're better. Good. Yeah, absolutely. You're, I'm just, you're good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. <laughs> just gonna yeah. Go. I, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm good. I, I mean, oh, that is quite fantastic. I think everybody's auditioned for Star. I remember auditioning for Jesus Christ Superstar when I was about. I think I must have been about seventeen or 18 had just come to Australia. And um, 
I mean, you know, just like it was, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I, mm. I don't even understand why. In fact, I think they said, um, what kind of range do you have? And I think I said I had like four and a half octaves. Really, <laughs> 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 I had no idea. And then I had to prove it, which of course I couldn't do. I don't have four and a half octaves. I mean, we, I've got range, but I don't have four and a half octaves. Oh, well, I don't think I do. We, but, can't, um, we can't all be Davini de Campo, darling, can we? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you know, like I, I, you know, I've got a pretty good range. I, I actually don't know what it is at the moment. I don't know. I haven't sung for eight months. Oh, at um, the moment, mine's about three notes. I wouldn't. Right? Worry. Yeah. But you know, I like I had no idea what I was doing, and I, and I, you know, it was one of those. It was an open call, and that's the only reason that I even got an audition. Um. So you know, just just we've all been in those situations <laughs> where we just didn't know when was the right time to back away. No, absolutely. <laughs> Before we let you go, we always ask our guests at the end of the episode what your audition addition would be. So in an audition situation, what would you like to add to make the whole process more enjoyable, whether it's more enjoyable for the panel, for the auditionee mm -hmm. in general? Last week, Jess Robinson asked for the panel, all the panel to be genuinely naked, but yeah. the auditionee's mm -hmm. not. So I like that. Yeah. Although depending on who's on the panel, I like it more. Uh, <laughs> what yeah. Kiki DeVille would be your audition addition? Um, hip flask of uh, champagne. See, it's always or, booze. It's always well, booze. Yeah, oh, well, actually, no, I'm really into dirty martini. I, I had a FaceTime call with a friend of mine last night and I said, oh, just hang on a second. I'm just making myself a dirty martini. And she said, who drinks cocktails at home? And I was like, me. This girl. I genuinely drink. This, this, <laughs> this guy here. I'm like, yesterday somebody sent me the most beautiful, like, luxurious robe with Oh, um, I saw it. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. the collar and my plan this evening is to sit in that robe drinking a dirty martini and basically thinking I am a real housewife of Beverly Hills um and <laughs> I just got Botox just so I could feel like that um you know or not I'd, feel I'd, like that yeah. or not feel like that or not be able to express myself at all um did genuinely just get Botox did for the first time yeah I did yeah I love it I'm so excited about it uh, you can't tell though because of the Botox all right. um so, um <laughs> I thought you didn't find any of these stories funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? God, she didn't even look angry. No, no, don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, I think, yeah, I think um, either champagne or a dirty martini and a hip flask would have to be, you know, this sort of thing I'd have I, to I add would, to an audition. I would find that really funny if I was on a panel walking. Hello. Excuse me. This is Kiki. Sorry, before I sing, just, uh, just a little drink there. Just. You just sit there with a the kind of look on your face like, what? what? Uh... <laughs> but I think that would be it. You wouldn't be allowed to acknowledge the hip flask. Maybe, no, 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 no. Just you just like, like casually, like just through yeah. in the middle, in, in the two bar break in, in your song as it takes it to the bridge. Like in, in Let It Go, yeah. the da 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 that I keep in my, in my tour in my tour kit. Um, so what I would do is I think I'd probably yeah, I'd have the pop up glass. So in that do 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 do, I'd be like pop, you know, like to be perfect. Just I think that that that's definitely my my. Let's just addition. make a, let's just make the rule that every audition after lockdown, everyone's plastered. Hundred percent. Yeah, I've definitely been to auditions like that before. Um, <laughs> like I said, I really panicked at auditions for a very long time. I was really bad at them. Um, but yeah, I think that would have to be my addition. 
Well, I would say, I think I said this earlier on, be prepared. Yeah. All you can do is be prepared because the one thing that you cannot plan for is adrenaline and you can't practice through adrenaline. You can't prepare for what it's going to do to you at that very moment. But at least if you're prepared, you take away one of the things that you're frightened, that you would be frightened about. And it means that the release of adrenaline is, is perhaps just a little less than what you would normally get. Mm. So, uh, oh, the other thing I'd probably add is a tenor lady at my age. Um, <laughs> For when you get to those high notes. Especially if there was a, yeah, yeah especially if there was a dance section. <laughs> if it was a dance section, definitely need a tenor lady. <laughs> Welcome to middle age. I had four children. Hey. You know. That's that's mad. That's <laughs> yeah. after after seeing it live. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. For anyone that's listening, he's not. He didn't see me have my. No, 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 live. no. He's talking no. about his own wife. Different Zoom. Yeah. Am yeah. I? I don't know. <laughs> totally, totally different Zoom. <laughs> and there we go. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us. We'll call you with a brilliant Kiki Deville. Oh, Kiki. I love Kiki DeVille so much. Like I said, we met when we were doing All Together Now on uh, BBC. And ever since then, she has become a very close friend of mine. Um, She's one of the most kind hearted, warmest, loving people in the industry. She's utterly hilarious and has a powerhouse voice and is a master of her craft. So if you are a fan of cabaret or burlesque or any kind of vintage music, Make sure you go and check her out. I'll put her links in the episode description and we will share them on our social channels too uh, this week, which is at Don't Call Us Pod. Also, we're going to post links to uh, a charity that she is patron of that she would absolutely love you to contribute to if you are able. Uh, So I will put some details down in the description for you too and we'll make sure that we tag them on socials as well. If this was your first episode listening to us, thank you so much. It means a lot that you've joined us. Please do subscribe and catch up on the f- the previous 22 episodes, I think it is. We've got loads and loads of stuff for you to binge. And I promise you, every single show is full to the brim of hilarious audition stories. They're not all disasters. Some of them are just silly things, but they will catch you unawares. And my goodness, do I enjoy reading them every week. So thank you. If you would like to send your story into us, and I can't stress this enough, please do so as soon as you can. We've got loads of people recording over the next fortnight from the world of musical theatre, stage, screen, TV, movies, comedy, drag, vintage stuff. We've got loads of people recording. So we need you to share with us your anonymous tales. Don't forget, I won't tell anyone who you are. It'll just be our little secret. <laughs> um, please email them into don'tcalluspod at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. I will happily chat to you there as well. You can even send us in a voice note. That's right. If you head to anchor.fm forward slash don'tcalluspod, you can send us a voice note and I will happily include those in the episodes. You can actually be part of the episode. I don't know if you ever knew that. So if you head to anchor.fm forward slash don't call us pod, you can send us a voice note and I will edit it into the show. That is cool. I like that a lot. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us today. I hope we are part of your weekly routine now. And like I said, if you haven't listened to every single episode in the series so far, please make your way to your podcast platform of choice and catch up. We have wonderful people from all around the entertainment world, casting directors, producers, writers, uh, comedians, stand-ups, voice impersonators. It, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So 
it, it's really helped my mental health during lockdown making this for you and I hope it's helped yours if you're a performer. Remember that it's all right. Just because it looks like things are happening at the moment, they're not. So chill out. It's all right, guys. We've got this and it'll be back sooner rather than later. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another episode 7 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time on Friday. And all that remains for me is to say thank you from Kiki Deville, our lovely guest, my co-producer John Webb Carter, and myself. We'll see you next week with another brand new episode. And for now, remember, wash your hands, stay indoors, cover your face, your ma- your nose, your mouth. No, don't cover your mask. Cover your mouth and your nose with your mask. And remember, don't call us. We'll call you. Bye, everyone. Thank you.